Welcome back to The Ball, episode number 20, The Big 2-0. We made it. We made it, Brian. What do you think about that? It's dreams are coming true. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, let's start off the show with some fan questions. We've been getting some good uh, questions coming in, mostly on Instagram. So thank you guys and girls for uh, following us on Instagram. And this one is coming from Diego. Diego is also a fantastic player. I played soccer with him at Pacific Lutheran University. He played in the midfield, so he knows his stuff. Um, he was asking the podcast about the relegation battle. So I can imagine he went and took a look at the table and started looking down there at the bottom. And he saw some interesting things. He first wanted to ask us, who do we think is uh, not making it this season? I'll go... Sheffield, obviously, they've only got 14 points, and West Brom, and then the last one is a bit of a toss-up, you go Brighton, Fulham, you can throw Newcastle, Burnley in there, but I'm going to go with Fulham not making it, I mean, they've only got 22 goals, and I mean, I don't even watch Fulham games, do you watch Fulham games, Brian? Not if I can avoid it. Yeah, no, I, th- I think for me, it's going to be Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield United. Just those three right there. Brian, what are you thinking? Yeah, two or three, I agree with you. Sheffield and West Brom have dug themselves a hole that I'm, I don't think they can dig themselves out of. They're, they're way too far down on the table. And, you know, eight and 12 points outside of the relegation zone with only so many games to go, I, I think their, their seasons are toast. Uh, I'm going to differ with you on Fulham. I think they're going to they're, they're gonna come through with, you know, in the last... Um, five games they've got, gotten points in four of the five um, whereas we look at Brighton they're on a three three game skid in the past five they've had three losses and two draws I, I, I don't think they have the form to sustain going forward now Diego also mentioned Wolves so Wolves is only 11 points clear of uh, the relegation zone but he was shocked to see them so low they're 12th right now on, on the table and I looked into this a little bit more. If you look at where they were coming in in match day 33, last season they had 52 points. This season they've got 35. Now, for you math guys out there, there's that's a 40% drop in performance. And uh, you'd think they would be a bit higher with the additions of Semedo and Podence over the summer. But huge, huge losses with Jimenez. And last season, they also had Diego Diego Jota. He's gone. And also, Adama Traore was playing very well last season. If you look at their last season stats, Jimenez had 17 goals and 6 assists. This season, he's got 4-1. and one. Now, uh, that's mostly due off the injury. And if you go down Diego Jota, last season, he had 7 goals, 1 assist. This season, nothing, obviously. He's playing for Liverpool. And Adama Traore last season, four goals and nine assists. Now, I, I, I don't know about you, but every time I'd watch highlights, I would always see just this strong man running up and down, you know, scoring goals, assisting. What do you think is going on with Adama this season? Man, those muscles have been more show than, uh, than production this season, like you said. Um, no goals, no assists. And it's not like he has been playing. He's been out on the pitch. Yes, he has. How many how many minutes has he been playing with nothing to show for? 1,800 plus. My goodness. So that's 1,800 minutes, no goals, no assists. Talk about a drop in performance. You think that the tension on social media is getting to his head? 
I think he might have been putting too much uh, uh, Vaseline, maybe a little bit too much oil on him. You know, I know, I know he likes to, you know, put put a little bit of stuff on his hands for the players and the defenders don't grab onto him. But it seems like he hasn't been running past anybody, so there's no need to grab him this season, right? That's nice. That's nice. Now, uh, Pedro Neto, who I personally love, love watching him play. Last season, he had three goals, one assist. He's one of the few, or the only. Uh, key Wolves player who's actually been performing better than last season uh, this season he's got five and five uh, five goals five assists so far so um, it's, let's keep a close eye on them see if they drop a little bit more and uh, to top it off I was thinking uh, what do you think happens with Raul Jimenez if you're Raul Jimenez you know you had 17 goals uh, last season I posed this question to Diego as well and uh, Diego thinks Jimenez is not the type of guy to force a move or anything like that. Uh, do you think that's something he, he should try to do next season? No, I, I, w- I would stick with Wolves. You know, I think they still have a young core. I think they still have a lot of potential to continue growing. And he's, he's found success with Wolves when he was healthy. Like you said, 17 goals last season. I wouldn't force it either. And I don't think they're coming off an injury like that. Any big clubs are going to come calling. I think he should stick it out with Wolves. Me and, me and you are going to differ on this one, Brian. I think if I was Raul Jimenez, I would come back and then I would force a move during the winter transfer window. Now, if you're if you're scoring 17 goals, 6 assists in the Premier League, right? Not too many not too many players score above 5 goals if you if you really look at it, right? So this man is popping in 17. I feel like if he comes back next season, um, luckily it wasn't any physical injury, right? His injury was uh, more of like a very bad concussion, maybe. So I'm which, which could even be worse. It could be. It could be worse, but muscle memory. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's that's what I'm banking on. I'm banking on Rahul Jimenez's r- r- muscle memory. Now I think if he comes back, you know, maybe he has like 10 goals first half of the season. If I'm him, I'm forcing a move. You know, he's got three seasons left on that contract. He's going to be 29 years old next season. And his salary is only 2 million euros. So I could see a team easily taking that on or even buying him out if, if need be. Um, but it just depends on how much noise, how much noise he's going to make during that winter transfer window. So uh, let's, let's see what happens. There was also some Champions League action going on today. You, get, you have any chance to watch any games? Yeah, I was flipping back and forth on uh, both the games that were happening today. We had some thrillers. Yeah, so you've got Juventus and Porto. 4-4 in aggregate. Porto advancing on away goals. They were playing down a man, actually, in uh, 3-2. Ronaldo, gone. Ronaldo, gone. And, you know, that red card, that was that seemed a little uh, little silly on my, on my from my perspective. You know, he kicked the ball late to pick up the second yellow card to get dropped in the round of 16 in the Champions League. It seemed a little, uh, little hasty on my, for my opinion. It adds up. It adds up. It adds up. Now, what do you think about uh, the manager now? Do you think, do you think Pirlo is coming back? You know, Pirlo's really cemented a legacy at Juventus, and he's only had one season there. But on the other hand, Juventus has really put all their. their marbles into this one going and picking up Ronaldo and really solidifying that team you know you would have expected them to go much further than the round of 16. It's it's a dangerous game they're playing they're almost falling in they're falling into the realm of like a PSG 
the domestic league is a wash just give it to them and then you get really judged how well do you perform in the Champions League and obviously that's why Ronaldo came he's a Champions League kind of guy so I say they give Perlo at least one more season if they get pounced in the group if they if they lose in the group stage next season I think it's I think it's over for Pirlo well you gotta think too it wasn't even a wash in Serie A this season both AC Milan and Inter Milan were right up there with Juventus the entire time um which hasn't been the case previously um so yeah I Pirlo should uh should be treading lightly and really making sure that something like that doesn't happen again then we've got Dortmund Sevilla Brian who do you who do you think scored for Dortmund in this game you had to guess well I know who scored but going in I, I, I figured it would probably be that man Holland oh yeah oh yeah he's got two he's got one from the penalty spot one from open play 2-2 two, two. but Dortmund advance now let's see what happens do you think they're gonna make a deep run no, I, th- I think honestly, this I don't know who they're gonna get in the next uh, in the round, the elite eight here. Um, but they're still so youthful. They really don't have the tactics. They you know nearly let Sevilla come back in this match. It made it closer than it should have been. Um, it seems like they just sat back and let Sevilla do their thing. And, you know, with a two goal lead, that makes sense on oh, yeah. aggregate. Um, but I think that these big boys that they're gonna have to play soon enough. Um, are really going to contain them. So tomorrow we've got PSG Barcelona, we've got Liverpool Leipzig. This PSG game I think is going to be I think it's going to be a stroll in the park if I'm honest. I think at home Parc de France PSG is going to stroll to a win. I don't see I don't see anything from Barcelona that even uh, is making me think they might come back. Uh, I mean this time they don't have Neymar and all those other players when they had that miracle game. But they do still have Messi, but I don't think it's going to be enough. Yeah, I was going to say, be wary. This, this this is exactly the same situation last time when all that magic happened. That's true. But, but I am with you. 4-1. to one, PSG, they, they surely have had to have learned from their mistakes. I um, and so. they should They should come out with the, the win on aggregate. So we've got Liverpool, Leipzig. Now, Liverpool has been resting a little bit in, in the... In the domestic league, seems like they haven't been really coming out and giving in a good effort. But you know, uh, I get, I think it opens up some effort for them to, you know, put more, put more of a front leg in, in in the Champions League. What do you think is going on with this game tomorrow? You might even have to rest some players. You're up two two nil on aggregate. You know, there's, it's almost more than likely that uh, Liverpool isn't going to see Europe based on their place and placement on the table in the Premier League winning the Champions League really is probably going to be their only chance to keep their status in Europe. Um, so all their all their marbles and all their efforts are going to be going into these games, and I don't see them dropping points against uh, Leipzig, especially how the game went last time. Now, speaking of Liverpool, that's going to draw us into the ball's bets. So it's time to see our performance. Last, last week, Brian and I both put in some bets on Liverpool, Chelsea, Manchester City, Manchester United, and then the Monday game, which was Chelsea Everton. So I wa- I wagered, I put in fifty dollars across then those three games, and uh, to begin with, Liverpool let me oh, Liverpool let me down. I mean, I was not expecting this at all. 
and I think I only put ten dollars on them, but still, you know, that was that was very disappointing. How much did you put on them, Brian? I put a cool twenty spot on it. Cool twenty. Yeah. Lost it all, huh? Every cent. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mason Mount had quite the goal. That was impressive. Another great performance from him. Mason um, Mason Mount is very impressive. He's coming into his own. You know, I didn't rate him very highly um, at the beginning of the season, but he continues to score goals in big moments. I thought he was Frank Lampard's little brainchild, and I thought, okay, as, as soon as Frank Lampard leaves, because he also coached him at Derby County before he came over to Chelsea, so I was like, okay, he's you know getting familiar with the league and how it's managed and everything. So uh, it's impressive to see him, a new new manager, and he's still showing his. Uh, quality, so that's always a good way to see if someone's uh, really top level or not. Now, on the Liverpool end, zero goals. Looking at this team, Mane, Firmino, Salah, that's your front three. Um, what's going on? We have the same front three last year that was so so electric that guided us to the Premier League Championship. Um, but it's not clicking. I think the Chelsea defense is very organized. Uh, Tuchel has them structured in a way that's hardly anybody scoring. Um, what I did think was promising was Jota made his return, his first game back since injury. That's true. Hopefully that'll um, he can float into that rotation. We can start getting back into that rhythm we had prior to that. Let's see what happens. So off that one, uh, I lost twenty dollars, or I lost ten dollars. Brian, you lost the ten. Oh, that's Tony. Yeah. Oh, you're a f- man. All right. So the next one. Man City, Man United. So, I was feeling very good for some reason. And it was ill-advised, but I still did it. I I put $20 on this game with, I think, what was the win? I think I won 55. That was the wager on it. So, this one was the one that put me in the green. Without this, oh my goodness. It would have been over for me. Right? So, 2-0. Manchester United. Uh, Brian, you thought it was going to be a draw. Yeah, I put my money on the draw. You know, I going in, you know, in my head, I I thought City was going to win, but but that line was screaming, uh, bet on the draw, and I did, and it didn't pan out. You know, Man United with that press right from the beginning, they were working so hard, um, and it seemed to fluster City at the beginning of the game. It did. Yeah, it took him a little bit to actually, you know, get in their rhythm. As you like to watch them see, as you like to see them uh, play, but interestingly, their highest-rated player was obviously uh, Riyad Mahrez. That was a risky, risky area there on on the right right side because sh- although Shaw did get man of the match, Mahrez when he's cutting in and getting in between those lines, so so dangerous, um, so shifty. But uh, that back line, I think they communi- communicated very very well, not letting those uh, deep midfielders coming in making those runs Gundogan no goal for him Kevin De Bruyne everything was um, very compact and uh, working off the counterattack so um, I I'd say it was a gr- it was a great pick for, m- for myself since obviously uh, I won some money so hopefully I keep I, I keep I keep the ball rolling now the last one I was also betting big on this one I think this is where my last $20 went and before, if you if you told me when I was deciding that James Rodriguez was not going to play, obviously I would have never picked Everton to win. 
so you could only imagine how disappointed I was when the team sheet came out and, you know, no James Rodriguez. So, so disappointing. 2-0. Jorginho, penalty, man of the match. Uh, Brian, did you get your hands on in this game? or? Yeah, I was going Everton, too. I You're saw that Everton? line. I saw that Chelsea had just played that big match against Liverpool a couple mm -hmm. days back. I thought they might have been tired, but they were anything but. They controlled the pace throughout the game, and everything just looked flustered. That midfield got dominated by Jorginho and Kovacic. Um, and like you said, they didn't have that last bit of quality from James to really put them through. Now, overall, came in $50 bet, walked away with 67 So, I feel like um, heading the right direction. Are you also heading the right direction? Yeah, I, I put 50 in and it's, it's all gone. Oh my it's nowhere goodness. to be seen. Oh my goodness. That said, we got to play to win, so let's get into the picks for this week. Hey, all right, let's get into it. So picks for this week, we're going to pick three games. There's gonna, the first one is Arsenal-Tottenham. So surprisingly, Arsenal is the favorite for this game. Do you even understand why anybody would think that? It doesn't make sense, especially given Tottenham's form. Gareth Bale comes in, a pair of goals. He's looking good. Still haven't seen him against top-class competition. But this is going to be his opportunity. Um, and Kane, did you see that goal he had over the weekend? Oh, yeah. One of the, one of the best goals of the season so far, easily. And also, Sung Heung-min is there as well. That front three against the Arsenal back line, which I cannot even name top to bottom. They're uh, suspect, I'll they, tell you that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. David Luiz still still back there, man manning it up. My, my goodness, my goodness. And... Uh, Gannett Saka in the middle there. Uh, number six insurance, not too much. But uh, I'm going Tottenham on this one. And I'm going $30 on this one, you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling very, very good about this one. I'm not quite feeling nearly as good as you are. I'm putting $10 on Tottenham, but I, I do see it going the same way. Okay, okay. So next up, we've got West Ham versus United. I'm going West Ham. I'm only doing this, uh, I, I put $10 on this one, only solely because of Jay Ling's, that man. He's been in great form, and playing against his old team, you know, he's got a little chip on his shoulder, so um, I think I, I think maybe, at most, I think they walk away with a, or at least they walk away with a draw. If not, they take the win. See, I'm going a little different route on this one. I'm going to go uh, a draw on this one between West Ham and Man United. Um you know, United's found a lot of success playing against these very ball-heavy possession-oriented clubs like we saw this past weekend against City. When they can let the game come to them, they find a whole lot more success. They're able to come on the counter-attack and find success, press. Um, in this case, West Ham's going to largely be sitting in and waiting for their opportunity. And I'd see Man United having the majority of the ball. And I don't think they're quite nearly as successful in those situations. So we'll see. It should, should be a good one. should be a good one for sure. And last up, we've got Liverpool Wolves. I would be a fool to bid against Liverpool playing Wolves. So I just left this one alone. I'm not confident enough to even put $5 on Liverpool at this point. I mean, you they've lost, what, now? Six games in a row? At home. At yep. home. My goodness, my goodness. Hey, I like my money. All right. I don't, I'm not, I don't want to just give it away like that. But... Uh, 
Brian, you still feel good about your team? I'm far too proud to not bet on my boys. I got sh- the ball. You need to know that I still have faith in Liverpool. Man. And I'm betting a, I've been 20. That's my biggest bet of the night, and we're, we're riding with them. Okay, okay. So tune in next week to see if I get more positive and maybe Brian gets in the negative some more, but I'm hoping he, he, he climbs himself out of that hole, Brian. We're pulling for you, all of us. Now, speaking of Liverpool, um, so these or this team was uh, champions that season, right? Yeah. They, uh, technically, they still are champions. They still hold that title. That trophy's still in our locker room. Okay, okay. Now, uh, we went off on a little, not even to say we, the Ball's senior data analyst went on a little excursion and uh, started digging into some of the numbers. So, uh, Brian, what were you looking at over this past week? See, you know, I have faith in Liverpool this week against Wolves, but I'm also not ignorant. I, I've seen what's happened to them. I've seen how far they've dropped and how poor their title defense has been. Um, so I went through the data and looked at the history of the Premier League because I wanted to see, in comparison, how poor has Liverpool's title defense been. Um, so I went through and checked out all the champions um, since 1996 when uh, the Premier League went to a 38-game season. 1996? Man, we went were, way back. You were deep in this. Um, to see... How the teams performed the following season after winning the championship, and frankly, Liverpool is among the worst. My goodness, let me tell me some of the numbers. What did you what did you see? So Liverpool um, last season as champions uh, surmounted 99 points, one of the highest totals ever in Premier League history. Mm-hmm. And based on their current performance, if they keep at the same pace, they're only going to surmount 58 points this season which is a 41 percent drop year over year man they're acting like wolves when just over one season it's incredible now in terms of percent drop um only two other teams have been lower than liverpool which we're looking at leicester following their magical season in 2016 as well as chelsea back in 2015 so how many how many points did uh, Leicester win the league with that season, and then the following season, how many points did they get? They won the league with 81 points, and then they dropped down all the way to 44 the following season. And that Chelsea team? And that Chelsea team had 87 points when they won it, and they dropped down all the way to 50 the following season. Ooh. So they, they, they had a, a larger percent difference, but Liverpool, if they keep um, playing the way they have, they'll have the biggest total points drop since 1996 man so what are some of the averages now yeah let's put it in perspective so you know once you won the championship it's expected that you're going to drop points you can only stay at top for so long so on average after winning the championship the following season teams generally drop about 10 points from their previous total which is about an 11 percent drop year over year yeah so you're looking at Liverpool. That's 4x what usually occurs. My goodness. Now, interestingly, has there ever been a team that had more points the following season after they've won? Yeah, actually, on a couple of occasions. Okay. Um, so we're looking at the biggest increase was the 1999 Manchester United squad, which followed up with a, a win again in 2000. But they increased their points total by 12. Oh, man, that was that golden era with Skulls and Beckham? Oh, yeah. My goodness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're incredible teams back then. 
Um, and then some other cases, those 2011 Manchester United team, um, the 2008 Manchester United team, and the 1997 Manchester United team. So, so I said a couple teams, but it's only been Manchester United. Only United. That's something for all the United supporters out there. So from 19, what is this, 1996 from the merger and up to now, uh, how many different teams have, have, have won the league? Only six teams. So in the past 25 seasons, only six clubs have held that hardware. Man, man, oh man. Maybe, maybe all this money in the league is not a good thing, but... The big support a big six club if you if you like to enjoy football at least. To end, would like to remind you all that you could still uh, send your questions in. Feel free to DM us on Instagram. Uh, we'll read them and open up the show with them. We look forward to hearing from you, and we're excited. Episode twenty. Thanks for tuning in to the ball, airing every Wednesday on Apple iTunes and Spotify. Let's get the ball rolling. See you next week.